up everyone and welcome back to Down the Line. I am Kyle Betts joined by Brevin Honda. It is currently Tuesday, March 14th. We're currently recording this right around 2.30 here on the West Coast. This is our technically bonus show here. We are recording our March Madness Bracket Show. We're getting uh, down into bracketology and we are going to make and uh, predict our own brackets here live. Um, definitely excited for this one, Brevin. This is a show that uh, we definitely enjoy doing and uh, we can't wait to share our picks with you and man, March Madness is, is definitely going to be, I feel more unpredictable, unpredictable this year compared to uh, seasons uh, that we've had before. Yeah, that is completely true. I mean, we think about what happened during the regular season. All the number one seeds that lost, or not the number, all the number one seeds, the number one team in the AP poll that lost this entire year, whether it's Houston losing to Purdue to Alabama to Kansas, you know, it wasn't a year where we saw North Carolina, you know, who was the preseason number one. Um, team they're not in the bracket so even there's more parity within that Duke's not the number one like they've been in the past so a yeah. lot of parity and and a lot of unpredictability I feel like here this year um, in March Madness yeah I think those are two really good words to kind of sum up what's happened so far here uh, this season uh, that being 22 and 23 um, but this March, man, it, it's going to be a dogfight for sure, because uh, like you said, a lot of one seeds getting uh, mixed up uh, and shuffled throughout the course of the season. Um, that's kind of uh, landed us now at this point with uh, one seeds uh, representing all four regions that we're going to get into as a part of the NCAA tournament bracket here on the men's side. Um, that is starting with the upper left here side of the mm-hmm. bracket, Revan, the South region. And uh, for obvious reasons, we're going to get to um, we're, we're definitely playing uh, paying rather close attention to this region here, a part of the bracket. Yeah, you think about this South region, you got Alabama, the number one overall seed. They're going to play the winner of a first four matchup in Dayton between Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, and Southeast Missouri State. Um, And then that eight, nine matchup is Maryland, Virginia. You got San Diego State, who's the five seed in that region. They were the top number five seed after winning the Mountain West Conference tournament. They're facing on um, College of Charleston, who won the CAA, their conference tournament as well. You got teams like Virginia, you got Creighton, Arizona. That's, um, you're going to have three teams from the Maui Invitational just within this own region um, in the bracket. Yeah, totally agree with that, Brevin. This is definitely going to be one of the more competitive regions within this bracket here, the South region. And, uh, you know, with, with March Madness starting uh, here coming up on March 16th and just a couple of days from now uh, when we're recording this, um we're going to see how these teams uh, look and it's going to be interesting to follow. Um, I think for us, most notably the Aztecs we're going to be paying attention to here in this region, like I mentioned before, but um, do you want to get down into each and every game here, Brevin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Before we start, Kyle, when you look at a nice clean bracket, 
Yeah. Not completely filled in. Okay. What's your emotions like? Um, I think it's just a desire of wanting to fill it out. You know, just yep. seeing it blank, it just doesn't feel right because you're always <laughs> so used to seeing that last name in the middle of your bracket stand out. Um, and that's what makes it look pretty. It's like a Christmas tree. And, you know, like the brackets come together. Each name that you put in is like an ornament. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can compare it to. Yeah, the much. national championship um, is the star. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it's just a, I guess, sense of uh, looking forward to what's next in terms of college basketball and sports because this is such a special time of year. And mm-hmm. uh, it's always fun to make a bracket. So I think it's the excitement factor for sure. All right, let's get underway here. We're going to start in the South region. Um, Number one overall seed, like we said, was Alabama. They are going to face the winner of Southeast Missouri State in Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, That game is in uh, Birmingham on Thursday. That game is at 11.45 a.m. Pacific time on CBS. Yeah, unfortunately, I do not know much about the first uh four teams going out of here in this matchup but um we do expect alabama to come out on top here um they have one of the uh national players of the year on their hands and uh brandon miller and uh their defense is uh stifling i guess you could say and so um they play really well together and i think we're gonna see that come together here in the first round of the tournament so i got mm-hmm. bama I got Alabama as well. Um, Texas A&M or Southeast Missouri State, whoever wins that game, is trying to become just the second team in 149 chances. Well, technically, Howard and Kansas face off before that. But trying to become just the second team, second 16 seed to win an NCAA tournament game. Obviously, you look back to University of Maryland, uh, UMBC, um, defeating West Virginia a few years ago. Yeah, that record one, one and a hundred and forty-seven. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. All right, we move down lower in that within the Birmingham um, quad of Maryland, the eight seed take it on the nine seed uh, West Virginia. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough pick here. You know, in my mind, it, it always seems like an eight and nine game is really just a pick em, essentially, um, as you would refer to in betting, for example, like a pick em game. So um, I, I don't really know what to expect in this game. Obviously, we know that Coach Bob Huggins, he's able to really mix things up when it is crunch time, and m- even more so in the NCAA tournament. So I think you can never count West Virginia, or rather uh, – yeah, West Virginia out of a game. But I think on the other end, too, Maryland, I feel like they've kind of hung in games all season long. They're five and four against teams in the top 25. Um, they narrowly had a positive conference record, but um, I, I think even then, I, I think they're a team that is able to really create some problems for opposing offenses, similarly to Alabama. So it's going to be a close one, uh, but. I think I'm going to go with Maryland here in this game. I've seen more from them this season. So let's, let's go with the Terps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These eight, nine games throughout 
really all four regioners are going to be pretty much the challenge here when um as we get to them yeah it's hard to go up against bob huggins i mean i think he's made yeah. was it 27 ncaa tournaments um yeah. so i'm gonna go west virginia here and take the nine seed mm-hmm. all right we move down Next, we got the five-seeded San Diego State Aztecs. They are facing the 12-seed College of Charleston. Um, that game is Thursday at 12.10 p.m. Uh, Pacific time in Orlando on True TV. Yeah, this is going to be a great game here. I mean, this matchup is pretty similar to what we saw in the Mountain West Tournament Championship game. The... College of Charleston, they're one of those teams where they have a lot of uh, different runners on offense, a lot of movement. They get guys free, uh, loose, and open on the perimeter to take three-point shots. And that's what's key for this team. They put up over 80 points a game here uh, in 2022 and 23, And that's what has put them in the position that they're in right now. That's why they're a tournament team. That's why they won their conference, and that's why um, they now have over 30 wins. So it's going to be a tough task for the Aztecs, but still we know what the Aztecs can do. Their defense, like I've mentioned so far in this region, um, they're another one of those teams where their defense is is key and it stands out and everyone knows it. So um, they're going to have to lock down that perimeter similar to what they did uh, Saturday against Utah State. They were able to um, – kind of locked them down nicely and, and they had the clamps going, but um, they need to kind of uh, repeat that here in this matchup in order to win. I got the Aztecs though. I think they are the more athletic and more talented team here. So I'm going to take them and uh, I think they're going to make the round of 32. I'm going to agree with you, Kyle. And uh, we think about one of the keys to this Aztec team all season long was its depth, being able to play being able to really start and interchange nine different guys is so key. I mean, there was only very few times where a player on the Sassic team reached 30 minutes in a single game. And that's just for how deep this team was. I mean, it we're seeing late in the game, we're seeing Matt Bradley not in the game. And you're like, well, where's Matt Bradley? Well, he doesn't really need to play because of the trust that yeah. head coach Brian Dutcher has for um, his other players. And, Although the case I think you make for Charleston is the travel, knowing that Charleston just has to go down the Atlantic coast, whereas yeah. SDSU has to travel cross country um, in what makes it a possible 12-5 upset. But I still got the Aztecs here um, getting the win over Charleston. Mm-hmm. All right. In... Uh, we move down one more notch. We got the number four seed, Virginia, taking on the 13 seed of Furman. Yeah, I think this is a game that we're going to see on many brackets uh, be marked as an upset. I think a lot of people are going to choose Furman. Uh, they've scored over 82 points a game. I believe they won their conference this season as well. Um, they finished 15-3. and three in conference and they've held their opponents to uh, just about 71 points a game. So, I mean, this is a team that really stands out in terms of uh, potential teams that could be bracket busters. I think that's to be noted, but then again, this is a really disciplined 
uh, Virginia team. They're able to gut games out. They play hard. They play physical. And um, I think they're uh, kind of getting back to where they used to be. And that's the expectation of the, them being in every uh, NCAA tournament. So I think it could be a close one. I think it could also be an upset. But at least on this bracket that I'm filling out right now, I'm going to choose uh, the, the Cavaliers. UVA. All right. When I think about these two teams, I think the key is how well and if Furman can be able to speed up Virginia. I think that's going to be the key, especially whenever you're facing a team like Virginia, who still has a couple of players from their national championship team a few years ago. And this was, I think this among the eight games within this round of 64 i think this was the game i pondered on the most yeah because of it i mean you look at Furman averaging 33 rebounds a game they hit 35 percent of their threes and and they've won nine of their last 10 games so i think i think i'm going to take the upset here yeah i'm going to take Furman um to move on to face the aztecs in the round of 32 I will say I am currently filling out another bracket while I do this, Brev. Not the mm-hmm. one I'm talking about um, for this show, but um, I have mirrored those exact picks on that bracket. Uh, yeah. So um, pretty interesting there. Um, once again, um, so far I have Alabama, Maryland, FCSU, and Virginia moving on. Brevin has Alabama, West Virginia, SCSU, and now Furman. So we're going to continue moving down here in the South region. Let's talk some Creighton and NC State. Creighton, the sixth seed, NC State, the 11. Me, personally, I think Creighton's going to come out on top in this matchup. I think they have more experience. They have played 12 games against top 25 teams, while NC State has only played four. Um, and, and I think Creighton, they're the more experienced team. Ryan Kalkbrenner's going to have to be their their catalyst, as we've seen him do in uh, previous NCAA tournaments. And so um, he's going to have to be key for them. They put together a pretty good season. Um, and I think we're going to see it here in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so far, bracket is boring. I'm picking all the higher seeds. But uh, Brevin, who do you got in this one? Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you here, Kyle. Uh, there's people that say that NC State shouldn't even been in the bracket, let alone have... have um, get a buy from the first four and so i think there are people that said there were other teams that would have been willing to um take nc state spot with a team like rutgers for example but i think i'm gonna take um creighton as well um to move on all right let's keep going here baylor the three c taking on number 14 seeded UCSB, the Gauchos, here representing the South region. Um, I will say that on Yahoo, uh, nearly 94% of people have selected Baylor to win in this matchup here. Um, They're currently ranked 11 in the AP poll. Um, Their conference record was 11 and 7. Overall was 22 and 10 on the year. Um, 5 and 5 against top 25 teams. And the Gauchos won the Big West for the second time uh, in three seasons. Yeah, this is another good game here. I don't know if Baylor's going to be, or I don't know if UC Santa Barbara is going to be able to 
get on top here. You think about the type of conference that Baylor's had in and just the opportunities that they've had among quadrant one games this year. So I think they've been tested a lot. I mean, when you face teams like Texas, you face teams um, within that conference, it's hard to go against them. So I'm going to take Baylor uh, to move on here. Yeah, Brevin, you mentioned that quad one record, Baylor being 11 and 10, uh, while UCSB was zero and zero. They didn't play one. So um, Baylor is 10 and a half point favorites in this game. I would take the Golden Bears, if I am a betting man, if I was one, I should say. And, yeah, I think Baylor's going to come out on top as well here, Brevin. So um, both of us picking the Bears here. Let's keep going here. Down this line of the southern region of the NCAA tournament to number seven seeded Missouri against number 10 Utah State. Uh, the Aggies, obviously, Brevin and I being familiar with, who do you think is going to come out on top in this one, Brevin? This could be a close one. Yeah, this really can. I think the key is is if Utah State can hit their threes, unlike what we saw against the Aztecs in Saturday's Mountain West Conference Championship, then they're a, they're a favorite to win this game. But I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think you're right, Brevin. And the sports books also agree with you. Utah State is the favorite in this game, actually. One and a half point favorites. Um, and I think you touched on it perfectly. It's going to be their three-point shooting that's going to be critical in order for them to win. And I think that they're going to do it. I think they have the potential to do so. Um, they fared well this season all year long offensively. Um, their defense has done well enough. They have length. They don't necessarily have height, but they have a lot of length on defense. And that's how they're also able to score in the paint. Um, they're able to get around you almost, it seems like. So um, I'll take the Aggies in this one. I just don't know that much about Missouri. I know that they have uh, played a lot of games against the top 25 this season at 10, six of those games being wins. But I like an upset, and I think the Aggies can kind of do it here, even though technically they're favorites. Yeah, what's interesting about this matchup is you think about Missouri, they're the seventh seed. Their net ranking is at 42. Utah State, who we thought was on the bubble to get into this tournament, their net ranking entering this tournament was 18. So a whole 30-team 30, 30 difference just about. So I'm going to agree with you, Kyle. I'm going to take Utah State. Mountain West going to get two, um, at least, get their first two victories in an NCAA tournament game since Nevada won um, a game back in at 2018. Absolutely. All right, let's move on here to the last game here in the South uh, round of 64. That is number two seeded Arizona taking on number 15 Princeton. And uh, this one is very heavily favored in uh, the way of Arizona. They're 14 and a half point favorites minus 1200 on the money line and I mean, they kind of have the record to prove it, and that's why they're the number two seed here in this tournament representing the South. Um, they were 6-1 against top 25 teams this season. They scored 82.7 points a game and currently sitting at number eight in the AP poll, while uh, Princeton shared the Ivy League regular season title with Yale. They um, ended up winning the conference championship game. 
Um, they're going back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2017. Um, yeah, I got Arizona in this game. I think they have too much talent, and it's going to show early and often in this game. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This was a team that won the Pac-12 tournament with with their defense at the end, and this is going to be a good test for Arizona, a good first game to see where they're at for the rest of the way um, within the South region and possibly into a Final Four. Absolutely agree with you on that one, Revan. All right, let's keep going here down the bracket, and let's talk the East region here. A lot of good teams involved in this region as well. I think we could see some upsets as well. We'll get to that in a second. But, Brevin, what do you, what do you think about this region when you saw some of the teams on here? What was your initial reaction? Yeah, I think the key thing here is the eighth seed in Memphis. You know, we think about how good Memphis has been this year, and they're probably one of the best eight seeds that we've seen in some time. Absolutely. All right, let's get down into it and break down this East region here. Number one, Purdue. They're going to take on the winner of Texas Southern. And who exactly are they playing? They are going to face Farley Dickinson. Okay, Farley Dickinson. There we go. I see it now. Um, Mm -hmm. Farley Dickinson, they lost to Merrimack in the Northeast Conference Tournament Final, but they were awarded the automatic bid because Merrimack is ineligible. For the dance, so they're one of those first four teams uh, taking on Texas Southern. Um, but the winner of that game, once again, taking on the Boilermakers, and I got Purdue in this game. I think they're going to win pretty comfortably, and uh, there's no spread listed for this game, uh, but once there is one, if at all, it's, it's going to be a lot. So I got Purdue. Yeah, I'm going to take Purdue. We won't know the spread until once that Texas Southern Farley Dickinson game oh, that's right. yeah. is over. Um, but just like Arizona, this is going to be a nice first test to see where they're at. And um going to be a good test to, uh, to see, like I said, see where they're at and opportunity to learn um, as they move on uh, in this tournament. Mm-hmm, for sure. So um, obviously expecting Purdue to move on there. Keep going here. As you mentioned, eight seed in Memphis. They're taking on nine seed FAU, Florida Atlantic here. And yeah, I, I got Memphis here. They're really coming into this tournament with a lot of momentum. Penny Hardaway bringing this university back to national relevance. Um, they're back in the tournament for the second uh, year in a row. Um, they won the American Conference Tournament. Kendrick Davis, he's an SMU transfer and a fifth-year point guard. Um, He is just absolutely just taking over games right now. He's eighth in the nation in scoring. Um, DeAndre Williams as well, he's been that guy uh, that kind of just has his way in the paint. Like, he is just the enforcer of that team. And I don't know much about FAU, to be honest with you. I know that um, they put together a really good season coming out on top of their conference with an 18-2 and record, but I think Memphis has way too much talent, and I think they're going to on top in this game. The spread is only minus two and a half in in favor of Memphis, but what what do you think about that, Brevin? Yeah, the key thing about Florida Atlantic was they had a really good net um, ranking. They were were 13th to finish the year um, within the net. Uh, Memphis finished at 23. Um, 
you know, both these teams can score. Both teams, um, 34% uh, from beyond the arc for Memphis, 37% for FAU. Um, both teams have won at least eight of their last 10 games. So it's going to be a good good matchup, like I mentioned, with all of these eight nine, uh, eight, nine games. But ultimately, I am going to take uh, Memphis to uh, move on. For sure. So uh, Brevin and I uh, both uh, picking Purdue and Memphis to move on there. Let's keep going down here. Uh, to number five seeded Duke. They're going to take on number 12, Oral Roberts. And Max Abmas still on this team. We saw what he was able to do a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament. And now he's back with his team. And uh, I think they were 12 seed back then too. I, I could be wrong. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty much in the same position. And do you think an upset is possible? I think it's possible, but it's hard to count out a program like Duke. Um, even if they're at the five line. So I'm going to take the Blue Devils here, even though they don't have, even though they're not like a national championship contending type type team. I mean, they possibly can make a run for it, but it's not like in years past where they have like a Zion Williamson that's going to help them go undefeated um, in a masterful performance. But I still got Duke here moving on. Yeah, I'm going to take Duke here too. Um haven't heard much from them throughout the season, but they won enough games to, you know, be competitive uh, within their conference. And they ended up with that five seed with 26 wins. So, um, you know, some key wins they had were Xavier, Miami, Virginia, Wake Forest as well. So um, it's going to be, I think, a game in which Duke should control pretty much the whole way through. We're going to see, if that's how it plays out, Duke right now is currently six and a half point favorite. But yeah, I'm taking the Blue Devils as well here. So let's keep going here to number four seed Tennessee against 13 seed Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns. Um, this game kind of has potential to have a lot of uh, firepower. Uh, the Ragin' Cajuns have been able to uh, put up 78 points a game. Throughout the the course of their season, they were thirteen and five in their conference. While uh, Tennessee, on the other hand, they were eleven and seven in the SEC um, with a five and three record against top twenty five teams. Um, I'm honestly going to take the upset here. I like Louisiana. I think they have uh, a side that is able to put up a lot of points, and that's what you need to uh, be able to upset teams in the NCAA tournament and score at a high mm-hmm. level. And so. Uh, I don't really know much about Tennessee, so I'm just going to go into this taking uh, the Raging Cajuns, and I, th- I think a 13 seed could shock some people. Mm-hmm. What favors Louisiana as well is this is a team that averages 78 points per game compared to Tennessee's just 72.6%, um, but this is also a Tennessee team that's just won four of their last 10 games compared to Louisiana 7 of 10, so um, the momentum kind of favors Louisiana here, despite um, an 85 team difference um, within the net. Tennessee finished at number four, Louisiana at number 89. But this is going to be a good team. It, it's going to be a good game. It comes down, I think it's going to come down to both three point shooting and rebounding overall. Um, Louisiana, they average 38% from beyond the arc compared to. Tennessee's 33% and the average right about the same, about 35 rebounds 
a game. So I think those yeah. are going to be the things that it comes down to. Ultimately, um, I got the volunteers uh, moving on here. So a Duke-Tennessee um, matchup in the round of 32. All right, I like that. Let's move on here now to number six-seeded Kentucky. They're going to take on Providence. They're an 11 seed. This game also could have some upset potential here. Brevin, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think when we think about the other three 11 seeds that we haven't picked yet within the Midwest and the West as well, both those games are play-in games with Mississippi State and Pitt, as well as Arizona State, Nevada, and the West region. So this is the final 11 seed that we get to pick before, um, as of right now, for sure knowing which team is going to play. So I think that comes into play with this pick. The 11 seed since 2010 is has a, a winning record. They are 26 and 22. That's a 542 winning percentage here. Yeah. All right, yeah, this is going to be a game where you just don't really know what's going to happen. Providence, they played a lot of good teams this season, um, ended up uh, with a 3-5 and five record against uh, top 25 programs, and um, I think it's their scoring that really needs to stand out if they want to put together an upset here. But um, once again, Kentucky, um, they're a team who, I mean, they kind of confused some this season. I mean, they – Beat Tennessee twice, but they lost by 26 to Alabama. Beat Arkansas. Beat Texas A&M by nine. So, I mean, yeah, even Auburn. They they won that game by 32. So, they're kind of all over the place. Um, I think they need a little bit of a stretch of luck. And they, I think they might be a little bit more talented athletically than Providence as well. So, um, sometimes that's what it takes in order to win games. So, I'll take them. I don't know much about these two teams, to be quite honest with you, but based off those stats, um, I'm going to take the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's a difficult pick. I can I can see Providence winning. I think the key thing here, I think yeah. when we think about late in ball games, especially when it comes to these 6-11 games, you think about free throw shooting and how crucial that is. Um, Providence, they're 74% of the free throw line as a team compared to just Kentucky being 70%, and if that's the difference, then um, I'm going to take the Friars to win this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a game to watch for sure. Definitely under Mm -hmm. the radar. That Um, game is Friday um, at 4.10 p.m. Pacific time on CBS. Perfect. Perfect uh, viewing time for that one. Um, That's going to be fun to watch. Another one that could – Kind of surprised some. Three-seeded Kansas State taking on 14-seed Montana State. Revan, could we see an upset here? I think it's possible. It's just tough because of the competition that Kansas State has faced um, compared to uh, Montana State being out of the big sky. So um, I would lean toward Kansas State here. Yeah. Um Man, this is kind of a tough one here. I think that I am going to go with Montana State here. I'm going to do it. All right. I believe the hype. We were able to see what what they were able to do last season. They made the NCAA tournament. Danny Sprinkle has uh, kind of turned this program around a little bit. 
they did face Arizona and they lost by 21 and they lost by 30 to Oregon. But I mean, anything is possible in March. Right. And I think uh, I'm feeling kind of spicy in this region here um, down in the East. And now I picked two upsets. So um, realistically, Kansas state really should win this game, but I'm taking a flyer here and um, we're going to go with Montana state here, the Bobcats, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Bobcats. Yes. So, um, Brevin and I kind of, uh, disagreeing on some, some picks here, but we kind of like to see that because you never know what happened during March. So, mm-hmm. um, let's keep going down the East here. Two more matchups that we're going to get into seven seed Michigan state. They're going to play 10 seed USC. This game, man, I really don't know what to expect here because uh, USC, they didn't have a bad season. I think uh, they had some really good wins that they were able to uh, put together in the clutch. But um, other than that, they struggled against Pac-12 competition uh, with a 14-6 record. I think we all expected them to do a little better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that tough Pac-12, you think about Arizona, you think about UCLA as well, their rivals. It's um, difficult to. Uh, it's been a difficult year for the Trojans, but you think about even against UCLA, they was a team that they beat um, at home. Boogie Ellis hit thirty-one points in that game. So, um, if Boogie Ellis, Boogie Ellis is able to perform the way he has in some of these games, and then the Spartans got to watch out. Yeah, this. Uh has potential to be a good game here, the Trojans against the Spartans. Um, I'm going to take the Trojans here on the upset. I think that they have a lot of experience within their program. Still, they've had some faces move on in recent years through the NBA draft, but um, I I think a couple of their guys, like you mentioned, Lily Ellis, he's played, you know, at that level for a long time. And I believe Drew Peterson is still there. Uh, Yes. So uh, I expect him to be a factor. I know that um, he's one of those guys who um, has the ability to knock down really any shot. So I think that's what's going to be key. Um, Again, don't know much about the Spartans team, but um, when you see that that they have only been able to um, really only score 70 points a game, um, I think that they're at risk, especially when they allowed uh, 67. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle, I think for that fact, I think I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going to take the Trojans here um, in this game. And it's going to come down to Boogie Ellis, um, get the job done, um, leading his team in scoring. Absolutely. All right, let's keep going here. Final matchup in the region. It's going to be Marquette against Vermont. This is going to be... A game that should go in Marquette's way. They really put together a nice run from uh, conference play and then on. Um, putting together a 17-3 record within conference this season. They only lost six games total on the year. And they're 10.5-point favorites in this one. Um, they really surprised a lot of people. They were predicted to finish ninth in the Big East, but um, came out on top. But Vermont's one of those teams where – they always seem to win their conference as well, the America East. Um, they're back in the tournament for the second straight year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Vermont Catamounts. 
uh, went 23 and 10 this year. You think about Marquette, um, you know, just how good that they've been this year to earn themselves um, a number two seed um, here in this East region. Um, I still got, it's hard to pick um, a 15 seed, you know, to win. I mean, we saw last year with St. Peter's and their run that they were able to have, but it's, I mean, I think only 3% of those who fell out of bracket last year picked St. Peter's to win. Yeah. So it was it was a very small number, but I'm still picking Marquette um to move on in this game. Man, I'll tell you what, I really want to pick Vermont in this game, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm gonna pick um Marquette as well. I think that they've been a team that has uh figured it out over the course of a season. And they've been able to do that at the right time because they were able to put together that winning streak and here they are, conference champions and a two seed in March Madness. So um, that momentum is, I'm sure, going to continue leading into the tournament. Vermont, they could make the game closer than we expect here. They're uh, ten and a half point dogs, but um, I think Marquette should come out on top. So I'm going to take them. All right, let's keep going here. Um, we're putting together a bracket here on down the line. This is our March Madness bracket show. Um, we're giving you our breakdown of the NCAA tournament bracket. We filled out the South and the East region so far. Let's get to the Midwest. And this is going to be a really interesting side here. A lot of teams that, um, have potential to yeah. stir things up and most notably the one seed that being Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Houston is one of three teams with a 31 and three record, just like College of Charleston and Florida Atlantic. This is a Houston team that is the number two um, overall seed in this tournament, Guthanod, over Kansas um, as well. Yeah, really uh, good team that uh, Cougars uh, squad is. And this tournament is uh, really going to come down to top performers, and I think Houston is going to be one of those. And they're going to be the first game here in this Midwest region. They're facing off against 16-seeded Northern Kentucky. Uh, Brevin, safe to say we're both taking the Cougars here. Yeah, that's safe. It's hard to go against Kelvin Sampson in March. Yeah, for sure. So Cougars moving on there. Um, Let's keep going. The next game is eight seed Iowa against nine seeded Auburn, and this is essentially a pick'em game as well, or at least that is what it feels like. Auburn is a slight favorite by a point and a half, but that can move back down at any time. And I don't know about this one, Brevin. I think I'm gonna take Auburn just because they have experience within their starting five. Um, Keegan Murray obviously departing Iowa going to the NBA um, his his brother uh, Chris has done a really nice job there but um, I think this Auburn team's experience and leadership and honestly defense is going to stand out because um, when you look at what they've been able to do uh, they've held opponents to 67 points a game mm-hmm. yeah I think that's going to be the key and if Auburn's able to do that they're going to be able to pull off a victory I'm going to pick my second Second rate. Yeah, second nine seed um, to move on to the round of 32 in the Auburn Tigers, which Charles Barkley would be happy to hear. For sure. Um, next game here, five seed. Oh, you had Auburn, right? 
Yes, I had Auburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next game, uh, five seeded Miami against twelve seeded Drake. Now Drake has essentially been, I think, a top two or three mid major team in the country all year, and uh, they were really taking uh, college basketball by storm, uh, becoming a late season bubble team. They really found it, and, and they. Uh, ultimately won the Missouri Valley Conference tournament as the two seed. Um, They're really talented, but then there's Miami, who obviously they were in the Elite Eight last season. Um, They currently rank 21st in two-point percentage and 44th in three-point percentage. Um, They're a really good free-throw shooting team, too. And as much as I want to take Drake in this game, I don't think I can. I think this Miami team, um, they're returning a lot of that talent from last season, and it's going to pay off in a tournament setting. So I, I got Miami. I got the Canes. Um, who do you got here, Brevin? I'm going to take this 12-5 upset here. Mm. Um, I'm going to take Drake here. Some of their big wins include um, – was it? Oh, I just scrolled down for a minute. It was um, – they did beat uh, Mississippi State, who was, a, who was ranked number 15 at the time. They won at home. They – Took down Louisiana, so a couple of big wins there. I'm going to take um, Drake to move on here in this 12-5 upset. All right, but I'm going for the upset. I like it. Um, I honestly probably would have considered Drake harder if I didn't take those upsets earlier. But, um, hey, there could be more upsets than, you know, wins that are expected. You never know. Um, so, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch that one, that 12 to five matchup. Um, always fun to see. All right, let's keep going here. Indiana, they're the four seed. They're taking on Kent state and they are number 13. So Brevin, are you going with the favorite here with the Hoosiers who, um, have really found their stroke as the season has gone on? They have 22 wins or, um, are you going with the 13 seed in, in Kent state here? No, I'm taking Indiana here. I'm not going back to back upsets. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we saw, what was it UC Irvine, and I can't remember the other team from a few years ago, but I'm going to take uh, the Hoosiers here. All right, all right, I like that. Um, I think I'm going to do the same. I think once again they're a team. They always get elite talent on their squad. They're able to. Um, really score at a high volume and that's why they've been averaging 75 points a game. Um, always in contention, no matter what season it is, it seems like, I mean, they beat Purdue twice this season alone. So, I mean, they can do anything if they can beat uh, a one seed twice. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to accomplish this tournament um, with that being said. So uh, let's keep going here. Six seed at Iowa state. They're the next matchup. And they're going to face the winner of Mississippi State or Pitt. Now, Brevin, I think I got a juicy pick for this one. Uh, who are you taking first? I'm going to take the six seed Iowa State here. This was the challenge, like I mentioned, when we talked about Kentucky Providence. Is when you get now here to Mississippi State Pitt, and when we get down to the West Region with TCU taking on the winner of Arizona State Nevada, it's kind of like three teams that you're having to pick from. One for sure that you know is playing, and then. Two, you don't know. So it's just like this is going to be 
kind of the challenge now with these 11 seeds that are going to play in the playing game. But for me, I've got Iowa State moving on. The challenge of that Big 12 this year is um, tested these teams like Iowa State to that are going to help them move on uh, within this tournament. Well, I'll tell you what. I think Mississippi State is going to be pit in that uh, first four game. And as much as I want to take Mississippi State, I'm not going to. I'm going to take the clones as well. Um, I feel it's a safer pick here. And that's because their defense is top tier. It's one of the best in the country. They allow uh, just uh, under 63 points a game. And that's what has given them nine wins this season against top 25 teams. And I think no matter who they face here, um, it's their defense that's going to be key. And I think that's what's could potentially get them pretty far here in this tournament. But we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But firstly, let's get to Xavier and Kennesaw State here, still remaining in the Midwest region. Xavier, they're a three seed. Kennesaw State, they're a 14. Um, I'm taking Xavier in this one. I've heard yeah. good things about them all season. They have scored 74 points a game. Um, really good conference season for them, too. Um, or actually, they scored uh, 81 points a game. Um, wasn't even looking at the right stat there. But uh, conference, like I mentioned before, 15 wins there. And um, they're facing a team that's ranked 134th in uh, NCAA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take Xavier as well. The Musketeers, we think about the challenge of um, that Big East Conference with Marquette, with Creighton, with UConn, with Providence. Five teams right there um, in the NCAA tournament. So I'm taking Xavier um, to move on here in it, the 2D round 32. Yeah, once again, Xavier, uh, one of the best offenses in college basketball. Um, but moving on now to seven seed Texas A&M. They're going to be taking on the Nittany Lions uh, of Penn State, who are the 10 seed. So this one has potential to be an interesting matchup here. Penn State, 22 wins on the year. A&M had 25. And um, I think this one is probably going to go in favor of uh, Texas A&M here. They have a lot of good wins. They uh, beat Tennessee. They beat Alabama. They beat Arkansas twice. They beat Auburn twice. I mean, they've really put together a nice resume this season. I think it's going to be enough uh, to give them an advantage in this game, and I think they're going to win it. Yeah, I agree with you. That schedule is um, so tough. You mentioned that Alabama victory that was huge for them. It was huge for the resume, a big reason why they are the seventh seed, and I think they're going to move on here against Penn State. All right, last game here in the Midwest region, number two seed, Texas. They're going to face 15-seeded Colgate. This is a matchup uh, where Texas is the 13-and-a-half-point favorite. The Longhorns um, have scored just under 78 points a game here in 2022 and 2023, and uh, their final AP ranking was uh, five. So they really finished the season on a – Strong's uh, note, uh, they did deal with some adversity. Chris Beard was uh, dismissed for an off-court uh, incident uh, in early January. Uh, they were inconsistent in Big 12 play for a little bit, but 
Um, man, they, they really did well in that conference tournament with a 20-point blowout win over Kansas. And what stands out about Texas is uh, they're 14-8 and eight in the quad one games, and um, that's why they're uh, near 14-point favorites in this one. And um, I'm going to take them. Yeah, well, I think about this Texas Colgate matchup. Both teams have the same record, but that challenge of that Big Twelve, like I mentioned, with um, Iowa State, is um, completely true. Um, you know, with teams like Kansas, who we're going to get to next uh, in the West region. So I'm going to take the Longhorns and get a Aggies Longhorns matchup that we hardly see in basketball, but we see more in football. So much depth and so much experience on that Longhorns team, as you mentioned, Brett. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kyle, you had Texas in that game? Yes, I got Texas in that game. Uh, I think they're going to overpower Colgate. Um, that veteran leadership is, is going to come in handy in this tournament, and, and it's going to show in that first game, in my opinion. So um, I got the Longhorns rounding out that Midwest region of the bracket. Um, Brevin and I kind of exchanging picks here and there, and – uh, agreeing with some, disagreeing with others, but um, we're going to see if it pays off for both of us uh, at mm-hmm. the end of it. So um, that's the, the Midwest region once again. Let's move on to the West, though. This one is intriguing, and it's uh, led by number one seed Kansas. They're playing the first game against 16-seeded Howard, assuming we both uh, expect Kansas to win this game, uh, they're going to uh, come out on top, I think, uh, pretty easily. They're 21.5-point favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the third number one overall seed. We think about their net opportunities that they had this year, especially in the quadrant one within that Big 12. It's helped them so much as like these other teams that we've talked about, Iowa State and Texas. Uh, they're going to help them and possibly in this first set to possibly uh, be – just the third team um, to repeat as champions, as national champions in the last 50 years. All right, next game in the West. Arkansas, they're in eight. They're taking on Illinois, and they're in nine. I am taking the Hogs in this one. I'm going with the Razorbacks uh, with that eight seed. Eric Musselman is – a guy who is passionate and he's determined to win. And I think he's going to do anything it takes to win this first game here in the tournament. Um, they lost uh, their main big man uh, to a knee injury back in December, but um, they've had a pair of brothers who have really took over uh, ever since. And I, I think they have some NBA prospects that um, are kind of helping this team stand out a little bit too. Um, I think what's most concerning about this team is they're two and eight against top twenty-five competition, while Illinois is five and four. But uh, once again, it's March Madness, and um, I think this Arkansas uh, team—they're uh, going to find the leadership to come together and pull one out. It's going to be close. Arkansas is currently a, a point and a half uh, favorite. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Fighting Illini here to give me my was it third ninety to win the, to win. Um, the first round. So I'm going to take the fighting Illini. You mentioned some of those things. Um, you know, this is an Illinois team that averages 75 points a game, allows just 66 and a half points. So, um, I'm going to take the, uh, fighting Illini here in this matchup. 
All right. I like that pick there. So um, let's keep going uh, down here to St. Mary's. They're the five seed. Um, They're going to take on, it really just seems like an annual 12 seed at this point. VCU. (laughs) It does. (laughs) This team is always in this tournament and it always seems like they're an 11 or 12 seed. Um, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Brevin, it was like back in, I don't know, probably like 2017, Mo Alley Cox played for v- uh, oh, VCU. Oh, that's, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, you see his school back uh, here in March Madness. Uh, love to see that. But again, another intriguing matchup. The 12 and 5 is always, you know, uh, upset uh, territory as some consider it to be. But I think I'm going to go with St. Mary's here. They really compete well. They're a team of good shooters. They have a lot of veteran leaders who have uh, been there for a long time. They played in a lot of important games. Um, VCU, I mean, they essentially have the same record. Um, But I think uh, what's important for them is um, how are they going to compete against, you know, such a talented team in the Gales um, who have really proven themselves this season. I mean, they came off a big win. Against Gonzaga, they beat San Diego State by seven. They beat Oral Roberts, Vanderbilt as well. And, I mean, they fought against Houston. They only lost by five. Um, VCU, on the other hand, they didn't play a top 25 team, but they lost to Memphis by 15 and ASU by four. Um, I don't know. It it could be a close game here, but honestly, I'm going to take the Gales. I think they are the more well-rounded squad of the two. And uh, currently, that's why they're sitting at uh, four and a half point favorites. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. This is a St. Mary's team that won the regular season title in the West Coast Conference with that big win over Gonzaga that helped them be able to be the co-champs with the Zag. So I'm going to take St. Mary's here um, as well. All right, next game here, four seed UConn against 13 Iona. I'm going to take UConn here. I saw a lot of good things from them this season. I think uh, they have really reestablished that program um, into being a a really uh, competitive one on the men's side. And uh, you really love seeing them uh, as a 40 in this tournament, given the season that they had. I mean, they put up nearly 80 points a game. They had a big win against Alabama. They won that game by double digits. Uh, They also beat Marquette, lost them twice, but still win there and they beat Creighton once too Iowa State they beat them by double digits as well um again it really comes down to the hot start that they had they started the season I believe 14 and 0 um before they got in the conference and um that's what made them uh, a really elite program from the jump so I'm gonna take the Huskies here Brevin what about you yeah I'm gonna agree with you another top heavy big east conference that like i mentioned with marquette and xavier and creighton providence as well so uconn's right in that mix i think they also move on here um with what they've been able to do even despite going up against um an iona head coach and rich patino for sure all right uh our last first four matchup here asu against nevada really juicy one brevin who do you got I think I'm going to lean Nevada here. I mean, we think about the schedule that they had with, um, you know, just some of the games that they played, you know, they had the resume that helped them be remain within the NCAA tournament as a first four, despite 
losing to San Jose State in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference tournament. So I'm going to take Nevada here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, that is a uh, really good pick. ASU, they've had some up and down games throughout the course of the season. They got better for sure. But um, again, uh, I, I don't know how that's going to translate when, when it comes to, you know, a, a game with a lot on the line. So I think Nevada could win that one too, Brevin. And you know what? The winner of that game is going to be the 11 seed, obviously. They're going to play six-seeded TCU. I'm yeah. going to take mm-hmm. ASU or Nevada. So I guess in this case, I'm Nevada along with you. I'm going to take Nevada to win this game. I think they're going to advance as the 11 seed into the round of 32. Who you got? Yeah, I got TCU. I don't yeah. expect three Mountain West teams. Uh, we saw have to get to a fourth Mountain West team, but I'm yeah. not expecting three Mountain West teams to move on to the round of 32. <laughs> we already had Aztecs. We already had Utah State. So I don't see yeah. Nevada being able to do it. Um so I'm going to take the Horned Frogs here. Yeah. Um, again, bracket right now, we don't we don't know who it could end up being, whether that's ASU or mm-hmm. Nevada. But, um, Location does favor Nevada because these games are in Denver. So yeah, or that that Denver. game against CCU will be in Denver. So right. Yeah that that game that ASU Nevada game is on tomorrow. Going to be a really good one to watch, mm-hmm. and then that tournament game, whoever wins that one, uh, facing the Horned Frogs too. But uh, let's move on here to number three seeded Gonzaga. They're facing 14 seeded GCU. Um, you got the Lopes pull, pulling off an upset here, Brevin, or are you gonna stay the course and, and pick the Zags? I'm gonna pick the Zags here. I mean, yeah. with Drew Timmery and with the way last season ended with what they wanted to do, I think they went to the final four last year. Um, you know, this is a team that wants to get back there and if not go further. So I'm going to take Gonzaga here um, to move on. Yeah, I'm taking Gonzaga as well. I think they're going to win pretty handedly. I think they have a good experience there. Um, Still drew Timmy leading the way and they're 15 and a half point favorites. So um, expect them to uh, make some noise in that game. Let's keep going here. Like you mentioned, another Mountain West team, the fourth one that we're going to talk about, that's number 10 seed Boise State. They're facing number seven seeded Northwestern. Uh, Brevin, I'm assuming you're taking uh, Northwestern here. This one's interesting because the location of this game being in Sacramento, which means Boise State is traveling le- uh, less than Northwestern. But I think ultimately yeah. I'm going to take Northwestern here. Um, when we think about that conference, the Big Ten, and just how competitive that was, we think about Purdue being – a number one seed. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Northwestern here. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to take them too. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, don't think we're going to see four Mountain West teams. We'll, we'll be lucky to see three uh, in the second round, obviously. Um, but I think realistically, if Nevada advanced, if if they beat uh, ASU, um, they would be the less likely team realistically to advance. I think Boise State um they do have more talent, but um, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, upsets here in March Madness, and that and that's why I'm I'm taking uh, Northwestern, and it's, that's not necessarily an upset, but um, I think Boise State definitely has the potential to make some noise in this game too. I mean, if you took the Broncos on the money line, they're only plus one of five, so 
Um, the sports books say that people are kind of leaning either way here. Um, I am going to take Northwestern though. So um, Brevin and I agreeing on that one. And our final pick here, number two, UCLA against 15 UNC Asheville. Um, I think we're both taking the Bruins here, right, Brevin? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm taking the, I'm taking the Bruins here. Um, Being in Sacramento, this was the location of choice based on distance of travel for the Bruins. So um, being that um, second best team among the number two seeds with Marquette being the other. So UCLA goes into the West region um, being a better ranked team by the committee over Arizona. So I got the Bruins um, here in this West region um, to move on to the round of 32. All right, there it is. That is uh, the round of 64 here for the 2023 NCAA tournament. We just told you our picks. Um, those are our 32 teams we have advancing. Um, really looking forward to getting to the second round here. Uh, Brevin, are we uh, thinking about going to a break here before we get to that? or? Yeah, we can take a break here. All right, let's take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we are going to get into the second round of our picks in our bracket here for March Madness. Brevin and I uh, getting into our picks here uh, on down the line, but we're going to get into our uh, predictions as we head into the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and we're going to tell you who we think is going to win it all when we come back here on down the line. Hello everyone and welcome back to Down the Line, this special episode of us breaking down the 2023 Men's Division One Men's Basketball Championship. We've broken down the round of 64, we've set the 32 teams, we're going to move on to the second round, the round of 32. Kyle, how do you feel like your bracket has gone so far? Yeah, I, I think it definitely could be going worse. I'm happy with some of my picks. Uh, I think... You know, along the way for some of them, I felt pretty impulsive and I just decided to pull the trigger on a couple of them. And I don't know how it's going to pay off, but then again, anything can happen. That's why it's called March Madness. So um, even if you're thinking with your brain, who knows if it actually matters. Mm-hmm. In this first <laughs> half, yeah, you heard Art picks and Kyle has picked six um, lower seeded teams to pull off victories. And I picked seven. Um, including three number nine seeds. Oh, they make that eight, um, eight lower seeded teams to pull off victories um, from the first round. Yeah. All right. Let's get underway here. Picking the second round here. Um, Kyle, you've got Alabama and the eight seed in Maryland, and I've got and I got Alabama take it on West Virginia. Kyle, who do you have here between Alabama and Maryland? Yeah, I'm taking Bama. I think the Crimson Tide are more talented at every single level, as I touched about before. Um, I think their shooting is what's going to be 
important for this team to go far in the NCAA tournament. They're averaging more than 82 points a game once again. So um, I think if they're able to ride that momentum as a one seed, um, they're going to go far. So Bama. I am also going to write Alabama over West Virginia. They're just too powerful of a team um, over West Virginia. All right, we move down here. Kyle has SDSU taking on Virginia, and I've got SDSU taking on Furman, both those games in Orlando. Kyle, who do you have here um, in this 4-5 matchup? You know, usually I don't want to be that guy. And I feel like in years past, I haven't been that guy. Like, I haven't picked them to go to the Elite A or whatever, maybe. Like, I've been a very neutral uh, kind of person when it came to a bracket perspective for the Aztecs. So, with that being said, I have them advancing to the Sweet 16. <laughs> um, I think. You know, they're going to be able to put together wins when it, when it matters most. Their experience is what matters, and that's what they have. They have the depth to get through anything if they face adversity. If a guy's in foul trouble, if a guy gets hurt, I mean, there's someone, you know, next to him on the bench who's ready to step up and, and be there to replace him. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Aztecs here in this game. Um, I think it could be close, if, especially if they did face Virginia. Um, either way, but man, um, I think they have the momentum this season to do it. Um, next season, I don't know because they're going to lose a lot of guys, but yep. I think they're kind of all in this year. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Kyle. I'm going to take the Aztecs as well to beat Furman. So they would beat the 12 seed Charleston, they beat the 13 seed Furman. I think you mentioned their depth, and I think the key is I think the question mark is their scoring. If they can score it, a clip that we know that they're capable of scoring, then this is a team to watch this this entire tournament moving forward. So I'm going to take the assets here. Um, so both Kyle and I both have Alabama SCSU, despite a um, couple of chain, couple of differences between that eight, nine matchup and that, that four 13 matchup. All right, moving to the bottom half of the South region, Kyle and I both have Creighton taking on the Baylor bears. Uh, yeah, I think once again, great matchup here, tons of potential to be, you know, a shocker kind of game. Um, with that being said, man, I don't know. Um, I think I'm gonna take, oh, this is, this is a tough call, bro. And I kind of have to think about this. You got me thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Creighton. Yeah. I think their experience is going to lead them. And I think they're going to be able to shock the world here kind of as a succeed uh, playing a three, if that were to happen. Um, once again, uh, their post play is what is most important, and it, it's a big factor every game. So mm-hmm. if that is productive, then uh, I think they're going to be able to uh, pull out against really any team on top. So um, I got the uh, Jays winning that one, Brevin. Who, who would you take? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. You mentioned that post-play, this is a Creighton team that averages more than 35 rebounds per game, which is a big factor in college hoops. So I'm going to take that aspect as well. These are two close-knit close-knit teams. Baylor is 15 in the net heading into the NCAA tournament. Creighton is 17, as both teams have won six of their last 10 games. All right, we move down to the final matchup in the round of 32. 
both having the Utah State Aggies facing uh, University of Arizona. Yeah, I'm taking U of A here. I think they have more talent, and I think they, I don't know, they might have better shooting than Utah State on their day. Um, maybe not from the perimeter, at least, but um, I think really what's important for Arizona is they're able to get open. And these off-ball screens that they run, they mix things up, different different kinds of movement, um, cuts, jams. I mean, they're getting inside um, when they need to. They're physical when they have to be. They go up to the rim. I mean, that's what makes this team special um, is because of how dynamic they are. So I think they're going to beat Utah State here pretty handily if the two teams do play each other. Um, I'll take the Wildcats. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you as well. Both, um, like I mentioned with Creighton, this is an Arizona team that averages more than 36 rebounds per game and assist to ratio above 1.4. You know, like you mentioned, one of the top teams in the country this year. You know, this was the uh, uh, Arizona was the seventh overall seat in this tournament. So I'm going to take the Wildcats as well. All right, we move down to the East region. Both Kyle and I both have Purdue take on the eight-seeded Memphis Tigers. Yeah, I mean, as much as I really do want to see Memphis uh, pull off this upset, um, I think it's going to be Purdue that comes out on top. I think they're the better team. Um, we know how well they play together. They were number one uh, over the course of the season, you know, a few times. So um, they've shown the experience. Uh, they've shown – how successful they are and and what they can be as a team. I think that's going to continue in the tournament. So I'm going to take Purdue here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here with the way Zach Eady has played and All-American this year for this Boilermakers team. I'm going to take Purdue here to move on to the Sweet 16. All right, Kyle and I, a little bit of difference here within this next matchup. Both Kyle and I have Duke, but Kyle has the Blue Devils facing the University of Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and I have Duke facing the four seed in this matchup, the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, this is going to be a good one here. Um, I think if if it were to happen, um, either way, I'm taking Duke. I think they're going to be able to have enough talent to make a Sweet 16 run, um, being that five seed. Um, they're in a nice spot in order to do in, in a position to do so. And so I think the momentum that they had uh, coming near the end of the season is going to continue. Um, they just got to be consistent at their defense and, and be uh, patient uh, when they're uh, attacking with the basketball. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a really good defensive battle between these two teams, between Tennessee and Duke, Tennessee, the average uh, they allow just 58.7 points per game. Duke allows 63.4 points per game. But what it comes down to, I think, also is the free throw percenting, especially late in ball games, like this type of situation. So I'm going to take the Blue Devils, um, the ball to the Sweet 16 to set up the same matchups between Purdue and Duke in order to advance to the Elite Eight. All right, bottom half of the East region. Um, both different matchups here. Um, Kyle's got Kentucky going up against the 14 seed Montana State. I've got the 11 seed Providence taking on the three seed Kansas State. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Kentucky here. As much as I want to take Montana State to move on, I don't know. 
um, if they get past that first round. Um, yeah, as much as I want them to be sort of that upset team in this tournament to, to go far as a, as a high seed, um, I don't know if it's going to happen, to be honest with you. So um, I guess just kind of a stay tuned on that. But um, in my opinion, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Um, it would definitely be a tough task. Yeah, when I think about this Providence-Kansas State matchup, this is a Providence team that rebounds better than Kansas State. They hit their threes better than Kansas State. They pass the ball, um, average 79 points per game. I think I'm going to write another upset here. I'm going to take the Friars to as a double-digit seed to move on to the Sweet 16. Mm, nice. All right, bottom half, that last matchup, both Kyle and I having... USC as the number 10 seed taking on the two seed Marquette. Yeah, honestly, I kind of want this game to be my upset. Um, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, um, I think USC, once again, um, just a team with a lot of experience. Uh, they had really good and bad games this past season, but um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take USC. I'm going to do it. If this if this matchup were to happen, I think the Trojans would, would win. Yeah, I think about this matchup. Marquette, they've won 9 of 10. Technically, would be 10 of 11 going into this matchup. Um, you know, we talked about this Marquette team averaging almost 80 points per game. and Yeah. So I'm going to take Marquette here um, to move on to the Sweet 16. All right. We move on to the right side of the bracket up to the Midwest region, the Sweet 16. We got Kyle and I both have Houston facing Auburn. Yeah. Um, man, I'll tell you what. This is going to be a really good game, and I really kind of want to see Auburn advance in this tournament because I think they could do a lot of damage. But, man, I don't think anyone's getting past Houston uh, in this tournament, at least for a while. So I'm going to go with the Cougars here as, as much as I don't really want to do that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think Houston wins this, as coaches like to call it, the Birmingham Invitational, uh, based on their location of their first and second round games. Um, you know, rebounding, three-point percentage favors them over Auburn. Assisted turnover ratio as well. And this is a Houston team that's 1-9 of 10, so I'm going to take the Cougars. All right. Yeah. Um, next up, Kyle and I both have Indiana, but both have different opponents. I've got Indiana facing 12-seeded Drake, and Kyle's got Indiana facing 5-seeded Miami, the Hurricanes. Yeah, I think Indiana is going to go to the Sweet 16. I think they have a more balanced team than Drake or Miami, to be honest with you. So um, Hoosiers to the Sweet 16, in my opinion, as a four seed. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. It sets up a great matchup with Houston, that four versus one um, that we see a lot when it comes to bracket play and um, just the type of year that Indiana's had um, within a competitive Big Ten. It's going to be huge for this is your seed moving forward. All right, moving down to that bottom half or the, yeah, the bottom half of the Midwest region. We both have the same four teams moving on. Iowa State, first up is Iowa State taking on Xavier, uh, like you mentioned, out in Greensboro. Yeah, um, 
you know, this is going to be a really uh, tough and competitive matchup here when you think about these two teams. Um, I think Xavier is going to win this game. Uh, I think their offense is lethal. Again, uh, over 81 points a game. And that's what's going to be the key factor here against such a good physical, uh, tactical, defensive team in Iowa State is uh, putting together a good uh, offensive kind of game plan. And if Xavier were to face the Cyclones in the state of the tournament, um, I think that's what Xavier would need in order to advance. So I would take them here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. This is an Xavier team, like I mentioned, that averaged more than 81 points per game. This is an Xavier team that's going to hit their free throws. They averaged 71% of the line. They average almost 40% from three. And, you know, this is a rebounding team that, you know, that leads to all facets of a victory. So I'm going to take the Musketeers here. All right. That bottom half of the Midwest region, Texas A&M taking on the Texas Longhorns, a football matchup that we're used to seeing. Yeah, I think really um, th- this comes down to who- who's going to win, you know, at the rim. Who's going to be more physical at the rim? Who wants it more? Who's going to get uh, dirty when uh, they need a rebound? Who's going to fight for it? You know what I mean? It, that, mm-hmm. That's really what it's going to come down to. That's what it's going to take between these two teams because Texas A&M, they're really good with second chance point op, uh, second chance opportunities. And then Texas, man, um, their defensive rebounding isn't that great, but that's really uh, the only biggest problem that they have. So if both teams are able to capitalize on their weaknesses, so, uh, you know, Texas A&M, in their case, not necessarily – uh, being better at t- second chance points, but taking advantage of that while Texas needs to be better at the rim. I mean, that's what both teams are going to need to take in order to advance in the tournament. So with that being said, man, I think it's going to really be a close one here if these two teams did play each other, but I would say Texas would advance to the sweet 16. I think their experience just outweighs everything. And they have a lot of really good transfers that, uh, have come into uh, that program and uh, kind of reform the culture there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good matchup here. Do I do I think the top four seeds are going to move on from the Midwest to um, the C sixteen? It's easy possibility. Let's see, we mentioned Houston, the top, the yeah. number one seed. Indiana's the four. Xavier's the three. Can Texas go four for four and be that number two seed easily? And I think because of that. I think they'll move on um, averaging 78 points per game. That's going to come in handy um, in this close matchup. So mm-hmm. Kyle, both, Kyle and I both have top four seeds of the Midwest region moving on to the sweet 16. All right. Final region, the West region that is taking place in Las Vegas. Um, you got Kansas. Let's see. Kyle and I both have Kansas. Um, Kyle has Arkansas and I've got Illinois. So Kyle, Kansas, Arkansas, and I've got Kansas, Illinois. Yeah. Um, this is a really interesting region here. I'm going to take Arkansas here on the upset against Kansas. If that game were to happen, I'm doing it. I think, you know, they've been able to put together enough momentum heading into this tournament. They have enough experience and uh, leadership. Uh, that we've seen uh, that leads them to wins in crunch uh, time situations. So um, 
if if that's what it come to, comes down to, I th- I think Arkansas is going to take advantage of that, and they're going to pull off a huge upset. Mm-hmm. All right, there's the first number one seed for Kyle off of his bracket getting upset there in the round of 32. For me, I'm going to take the Jayhawks over the Fighting Illini. I think the the want to be able to repeat is going to continue and not end uh, for Bill Self and the Jayhawks, a healthy Bill Self, I should say, for this NCAA tournament. This is a Jayhawks team that um, averages about the same amount of points, um, about the same number of points defensively, but um, the edges goes to free throw shooting. So I'm going to take the Jayhawks to move on. All right, next up. Both Kyle and I have a 4-5 matchup in the West between St. Mary's going up against UConn. Yeah. Um, I think this game here really has upset potential, but I'm going to take UConn, the four seed. St. Mary's is the five, and I think they have a really good team. Their defense always stands out, and uh, one of their young guards is uh, their top scorers, uh, that being Aiden Mahaney, but um, when he has a bad night, um, as ESPN notes, um, it's going to be a long one. And that's true because St. Mary's, I mean, when they've been able to pull off these upsets against teams like Gonzaga in conference, that's been the guy who really stood out uh, late in the second half. So, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. And UConn, the season that they've had, Facing more experienced teams have the advantage here. I think they take it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you, Kyle. Like you mentioned, this was a team that averaged 79 points per game, allowed just 65. I think that's going to be key um, over against a good St. Mary's team. So I got UConn moving on. All right, next up, the bottom portion of this West region, we both have Gonzaga. Kyle has the Zags facing Nevada out of winning two games from first the first four to the round of 64 over TCU. Now I've got Gonzaga taking on at TCU in the round of 32. Yeah. Um, really just a heck of a matchup there, if that were to happen. Um, I have uh, Gonzaga against ASU or Nevada. Um, I think if that game were to happen, Man, I kind of like this 11 seed. I'm not going to lie to you. I think this could be sort of that group, whether it is ASU or Nevada, to pull off an upset against a three seed like Gonzaga. Um, again, I picked Nevada to win in that first four game against the Sun Devils, but e- either way, I'm taking the 11 seed here. All right. Nevada is moving on. Kyle joins me as a double-digit seed to move on. Remember, I had Providence as an 11 seed to move on. Kyle's got Nevada to take down Gonzaga. Yeah, All right. I also have uh, USC. Mm-hmm, that's right, as a 10 seed to uh, move on. I'm going to take Gonzaga here. I don't think their run ends in the round of 32. So I'm going to take the Zags here with Drew Timmy with Mark Few. It's hard to go, but go up against those um, two faces in college hoops. All right, final round of 32 game. Both Kyle and I have UCLA in Sacramento taking on Northwestern. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bruins. More experienced team. Uh, 
I think that's really what it comes down to. Good coaching. Yeah, I, I think they go far in this tournament. Mm -hmm. Sets up a big matchup there uh, between UCLA and Nevada here in Las Vegas. Those Reno fans are going to travel well for that Sweet 16 game. For me, between Northwestern and UCLA, I'm going to take the Bruins. Like I mentioned, the Pac-12 champs, despite losing the tournament game with the opportunity to win. But Jaime Hawkins is still one of the top players, not just in the Pac-12, but in the country. So I'm going to take the Bruins. So those are our 16 teams. Kyle has a one less number one seed than I do, as he had Arkansas taking down Kansas in an upset. Um they're out in Des Moines. All right, let's start off the Sweet 16. We go back up to the South region. Winner goes to the Elite Eight. Both Kyle and I have Alabama taking on the San Diego State Aztecs. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it comes to an end here for the Aztecs. I think this is going to yeah. be it for them in the tournament. Um, Alabama, just too good, to be honest with you. Uh, too many athletes, too much talent and i think their offense could uh really take a toll on uh the aztecs effort-based defense here yeah i'm gonna completely agree with you kyle we think about teams that the aztecs have lost to in the past when it comes to this ncaa tournament you know think about losing to yukon with um kemba walker in 2014 we think about losing to to Duke that following year in 2015, both teams went on to win the NCAA tournament. So maybe that might happen. That could happen maybe this year, taking on the top overall team Very true. Um, in Alabama. All right, we go to the uh, South Regional um, Sweet 16 matchup between Creighton and Arizona, a matchup uh, rematch from the Maui Invitational back in at November. Kyle, who do you have here? Yeah. Um... Man, this is going to be a really good one here. Um, you said you said uh, Purdue and Duke, right? No, uh, Creighton, Arizona. Oh, Creighton, Arizona. Got you. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Wildcats here. I think they have the advantage. Arizona does. Uh, really, just veteran team guys that are able to create space and also opportunities for their teammates. I mean, they just don't hold on to the basketball. They're always moving, and they're moving the basketball. And once they get free and once they get these chances, I mean, on the perimeter too, um, they can knock down their shots. And they're just very well balanced, and I think they make a really big run in this tournament, so I'll take the Wildcats. Yeah, Kyle, I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going to take the Wildcats as well. You know, we think about that matchup facing Princeton, facing Utah State, a couple of teams that are going to test them before that Creighton game. Um, that'll help them get prepare for the Blue Jays. So I'm going to take Arizona. All right, we go down to the East region, and both Kyle and I have the one-seeded Purdue Boilermakers take on the five-seeded Duke Blue Devils in the Sweet 16 matchup. Yeah, uh, great game here. I think Purdue takes it, though. Once again, talented team. They've shown it all season long, and... I think they're going to make a run. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. I mentioned Zach E um, within that, um, you know, from Purdue. I think he continues his tournament run here um, to give Purdue a, another victory to move on to the Elite Eight. Yep. All right, 
bottom portion of the bracket, Kyle and I both have two different teams. Kyle has the 10-seeded USC Trojans taking on the number six seed Kentucky Wildcats. I've got the 11-seed Providence Friars taking on two-seeded Marquette. Yeah, I'm going to take Kentucky in this game if they were to play USC. Um, I think when you compare these two teams, uh, it really just comes down to skill and who has the better uh, athletes. I think in this case, uh, the Wildcats might have the advantage here. This season, they haven't done well against top 25 teams, but again, same record as the Trojans in that same category. Um, pretty much identical uh, resumes in terms of what they did in conference. And yeah, I think a six seed against a 10 seed doesn't really matter in this case because it's essentially a pick em game here when you look at these teams from a large perspective and their stats. Blue blood moving on to the Elite Eight. For me, I think about Providence, I think the Cinderella run comes to an end for the Friars. I think Marquette moves on. And my second one versus two East uh one versus two matchup in the Elite Eight. All right, we move up to the Midwest region to the top right. We've both got Houston, Indiana, as well as Xavier, Texas. Let's first tackle the Cougars and the Hoosiers. Um, Kyle, who do you got? Yeah, as much as I want to take the Hoosiers, I'm not going to. I think the Cougars are just one of the best teams in all of college basketball. And they're going to show it this tournament. I mean, they did during the regular season enough for them to earn the one seed. So um, I think we're bound to see it. I'm going to take Houston as well for those same reasons over the Hoosiers. All right, bottom portion of this Midwest region, you got Xavier taking on Texas. Yeah, I think if these two teams face each other, I think I'm going to take Xavier. I think they're the better team. Texas has been vulnerable throughout the season, especially in conference plays. We saw at times, and uh, that really shows with their 12 and six record in that category. So um, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to Um, Xavier uh, just showing so much talent throughout the season. No one expected them to end up in a three seed, but here they are. And I think they're going to take advantage of that and kind of run with it. So Xavier uh, Musketeers advance uh, on my bracket. Yeah, they're going to advance on my bracket as well um, for just the reasons that they've shown offensively um, this year. You need to help them have a nice big run here in the NCAA tournament. All right, down to the West region. Uh, both Kyle and I have UConn, but facing two different teams. Kyle has them facing Arkansas, and I have them facing number one seed, Kansas. Yeah, I think UConn, if they ended up playing Arkansas, would win. I think the Huskies have put themselves in a really good spot this season to end up um, in a deep tournament position, and I think they've proven enough to do so throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take Kansas here over UConn with the way Bill self is. He wants to get back to a national championship wants to get back to trying to win for the second straight year. So I'm going to take the Jayhawks to move on. All right. Bottom half of the West region. Kyle has the Nevada Wolfpack as an 11 seed. Take on the two seed UCLA Bruins. I also have the Bruins taking on the three seed uh, Gonzaga. 
Yeah, you have a really interesting matchup, but for me, Nevada against UCLA here, I am going to take the Bruins. Um, not to be boring with my picks necessarily, but um, I just think the Bruins are in a really good spot to end up um, deep in this tournament. I don't know how far they're going to go, but um, I think Elite Eight, potentially Final Four, um, being their ceiling is uh, a definitely a reasonable claim with them being a two seed this season and uh, a top two team in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a real interesting game between Gonzaga and UCLA. You think about West Regional and who could be playing these two games, these two teams. I mean, Gonzaga, UCLA, put Arizona in that category, put the Aztecs easily in that category, but when you think about Gonzaga UCLA, it's, you know, we think about UCLA going to the Final Four a couple of years ago after being in the first four, playing in Dayton um, as an 11 seed. And a couple yeah. years later, they're now here's a two seed. They can try and get back to the national championship game. Yeah. This one's interesting. I've gone back and forth on this one. I've gone Gonzaga, I've gone UCLA. I think I'm going to take the Zags here in another one versus three uh, matchup. Yeah, I like that. Great. So the Elite Eight field is set. Kyle's got Alabama, Arizona, which I have. Kyle's got Purdue facing Kentucky. I've got Purdue versus Marquette. In the West region, Kyle and I both have Houston and Xavier. And in the West region, Kyle has UConn, UCLA, and I've got Kansas and Gonzaga. I got all four teams in the Elite Eight with the winners being able to play in the Final Four in the National Semis on April 1st. So, Kyle, Alabama, Arizona, and the South region, who you got? Man, this is going to be an incredible game. Um, I truly don't know who to pick here. It really will likely be a toss-up. I think I'm going to go with Arizona, though. I think they could possibly be an underdog heading into this game. But, man, I like this team. I like the roster. They play very well together. Good chemistry. They're coached well. And we always seem to see them in a Final Four spot every season, if not every two years. So I I think they're going to end up in that – uh, kind of uh, spot again here. Um, they're expected to go far, and I think they will. Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you here, Kyle. Just pretty much the words right out of my mouth. I think Alabama's run comes to an end. Um, you know, another uh, up and down season, both on, on and off the court for Alabama. So I'm going to take the Wildcats to move on to the national semis. All right, East Region, both Kyle and I have Purdue. Kyle's got them taking on the Wildcats of Kentucky, and I've got them, got Purdue taking on Marquette. Yeah, um, again, just another incredible matchup here. Um, Man, I don't know. I think ultimately I'm going to have to settle on Purdue here if they ended up playing a six-seeded Kentucky. I think Purdue are one of the best teams in college basketball. And they're expected to be in a Final Four spot like Arizona. So mm-hmm. for that reason, I'm going to take them. And in this case, they would play each other on my bracket in the Final Four. Yep, I'm going to come 
agree with you there too. I think the uh, challenge for Marquette comes to fruition with um, the age and in Purdue with the experience that they have. We bring up Zach Eady once again, and um, he helps his team in addition to his other pieces and his teammates to help get Purdue, get the victory. All right, Kyle, both have Arizona and Purdue um, in the national in the national semis. Who will join them? We've got Houston and Xavier in the Midwest. Man, again, I'm just like dreaming of all these games right now. Like if they were to happen, um, in that case, I'm taking the Cougars, man. Houston again, one of those teams expected to be in the Final Four. So they should end up there. I mean, again, tough competition facing an Xavier team, but may the best team win. And I believe Houston should prove that they are one of the best teams in the country by ending up in a Final Four spot this season. Kyle, why do you keep taking the words right out of my mouth? I'm saying, man. (laughs) I've got If these teams are expected to be there, then that's why why we're picking them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the Cougars as well. Mentioned Kelvin Sampson. Hard to go up, hard to go up against a coach like that. Um, especially this late in March Madness. All right. Three teams are in. Four team Kyle and I will yeah. have a different team here. Um I, I've got Candace and Gonzaga. Kyle's got UConn going up against UCLA. I'm gonna take UConn. Five seed. I don't don't know why I just did that, but you know, I'm gonna take a risk and go ahead and do it. We're taking the Huskies. Um, again, proving themselves all season long um, that they are a team that could surprise a lot of people. And you know, to a lot of people, four seed being in the Final Four may not necessarily be much of a surprise, but I know of a lot of people who have teams that are higher than that um, in their Final Four brackets. So. You know, I, I really do like this this UConn team. They play well together. Um, I, I think they have a mixed balance of shooting and, and size for them to um, get second chance points, and that's important for any championship caliber team. And um, UCLA, I mean, we've seen them fall through at times this season. Uh, I think they're vulnerable against a really good, uh, growing Husky squad. Mm-hmm. All right, when I think about Kansas and Gonzaga, geez, this is going to be probably the toughest pick. Probably tougher than picking Gonzaga UCLA. I don't know where to go with this one, to be quite honest. Do I see three number one seeds in the Final Four? Probably not. So I think because of that, I'm going to take Mark Few and the Zags to move on to the Final Four. All right, national title game. Winner plays in the national championship on April 3rd. Monday, April 3rd. Kyle and I both have Arizona and Purdue in the national semis. With Kyle and I have Houston. And the difference being Kyle having UConn and I having Gonzaga. So, Kyle, Arizona, Purdue, who do you have here? Arizona, Purdue, man. Oh, man. (laughs) I think I'm going to go with the Boilermakers here. 
I think uh, Zach Eady, once again, you keep bringing up his name. Yep. Why do you do it? It's because he's good. And he's going to put them in a position to win the national championship, I think, against Arizona, who, like I mentioned, they're lengthy, but they're not Zach Eady. So, yeah, he's going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. Completely agree there. All right, right side of the bracket, Kyle. Houston, UConn. I've got Houston Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I got Houston. I'm taking the Cougars over the Huskies in this one. Cats over the Dogs. And uh, I think that's just because of Houston's ability um, on offense to really shoot at any sort of clip from anywhere on the floor um, at a high level. And their veteran experience has shown throughout the season. And I, I don't want to be bland or vanilla or whatever word you want to use for having two seeds in the national championship. But I think these are the two best teams in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, when I think about Houston and Gonzaga, they're two, um, two high profile mid-major teams. Uh, when you think about it, but I mean, I think the experience leaning towards Mark Few, we think about 2017, I think it was, when they lost to North Carolina. Yeah. And I think Mark Few gets his chance to rebound, rebound from that game. So I got Gonzaga take it on Purdue. Kyle's got Purdue and Houston in the national title game on April 3rd. Kyle, who you got? Yep. Uh, good question, Brevin. This <laughs> is just a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to ultimately settle on Purdue winning the Natty in Houston on April 3rd. I think they're going to edge the Cougars out in the Nationals title game. Um, I think they have a really complete team, and it's going to come together. I still have to pick a final score, which I don't know what that's going to be, but... Yeah, I, I think Purdue, they've been number one throughout the course of the season for a reason. And um, really, Zach Eady is the reason that they are so successful. He's going to show it why and um, could be National Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. All right, Purdue, Gonzaga, Mark Fee's got the experience, just like in that game against Houston, going against Purdue, one of yeah. the top teams in the country. I think I think Mark Few can really get this done with Drew Timmy as well. I'm going to take the Zags here to win wow. it all um, here this year. Wow, I like it. All right, Kyle, who's what is the winning score um, that you got between Purdue and Houston? Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, let's go. 75-71, Purdue. Tim? All right. They're going to pull away at the end. They're going to start fouling, and then they're going to lose by four. Mm-hmm. I think Gonzaga's going to win 82-78 over Purdue. So close games here within the national championship. So – that's a nice full bracket completely filled. We put the star on the tree with picking our national champion. Uh, Kyle's got Purdue over Houston. 
in a score of 75-71, I got Gonzaga over Purdue in an 82-78 victory. Yeah, it's going to be a great tournament. I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Hmm. All right, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, you guys have filled out your brackets as well. We got time ticking away before the first game on Thursday between West Virginia and Maryland from the South region. That game kicks off on CBS at 9.15 a.m. Pacific time. By the time we record episode number, episode number 92 later this week, we're going to get most of the games either in action or already finished. So we'll be able to keep you updated on those games um, when we get towards episode number 92 later in the week as we're going to talk some baseball, we're going to talk some NFL, some of the trades that went down today, some of the free agent transactions that went down as players are moving to new teams. We'll talk more about that um, later this week in our regularly scheduled programming of Down the Line. 